Welcome back to Mindful Endeavors. I am the New Age Alchemist, and joining us today is Darian. Uh, so really quick, as always, we're not mental health professionals, and we're just kind of discussing these topics just as a you know normal people just living out in the world and how we see things and maybe even how we've experienced things ourselves. And we also encourage the for the we also encourage you to continue the conversations around mental health. And if you do need help around that, you know, area, then go ahead and seek it. And we also encourage that as well. All right. So Darian, really quick, just give yourself a quick intro. You know, I know we've met like through the fishing community. So that was kind of cool. And yeah, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so my name's Darian Britton uh, from Northern California. Um, so met through the fishing community on Instagram. Um, so I, you know, got really pumped when you said that you wanted to start doing some mental health stuff. Cause that's what, you know, my career is like as a mental health professional, but you know, it, it's cool. Cause like taking the hat off of like being the professional world is that like mental health plays so much a part of like my life and especially like being outdoors. And so, yeah. All right, cool. So what, what exactly is like your, your, um, your role in the mental health profession? So I'm a, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what that basically that means is I hold the license to be able to do, um, therapy. And so, uh, so I'm licensed in the state of California. And so what I can do, like my specialty per se is with kids. Mm-hmm. And so I work a lot with the County system. And so we do, um, so we build Medi-Cal in our, my target population is uh, moderate to severe. And so I work with kids uh, in the foster care system. So I'm uh, with uh, child welfare and I work with a lot of those cases mutually, so. Yeah, and um, one of the topics that we're gonna talk about is just kind of like how like the lockdowns because of, you know, COVID have affected uh, our, you know, tiny people, you know, <laughs> our kids yeah. and everything. And they're, and uh, it's just something that's not really talked about a whole lot. And um, even right now, there's still debate around like opening schools. And we're not talking about the political aspect of it. But you know, we're just going to talk about like the effects that that, you know, do take place. And we, we don't we often tend to like overlook. Um, I know personally, like, I have a nephew that tried that was barely going into kindergarten, and he was trying to do the whole, you know, virtual learning thing. And it was just not really I didn't see it go very well, like, to be honest. So, um, but then there's also the fact that, you know, he's barely learning how to socialize. So he doesn't really have right. that, you know, those skills yet. And, uh, you know, he's barely, he was barely starting to like open up to like playing with other kids, but now it's kind of going the opposite way because now it's being like shut down. So. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, so do you get kids that have like, you know, have issues like that, like with school or socializing or more or less? Or oh, yeah. Like that? Yeah. So, uh, not just primarily kids in foster care, but like kids in general, I mean, normal school systems, uh, socialization is kind of like one of the important things that you go to school for, right? So you go there to learn um, skills to like how to, you know, how to communicate, how to like ask questions, how to um, basically everything like we do, like in how we function as adults is like what we come up with in the school system. And so, when you're supposed to like do that virtually and I know that's a whole nother topic too, but like how, you know, kids nowadays in this generation of like how you're operating in a virtual format. Um, it, it, yeah, it takes a toll on our kids because it, there's just so much weird dynamics, weird, um, different things that you don't get that, you know, one-on-one contact with. Um, 
And so like learning social cues, which is super important, like when you're a person and, you know, our kids miss that virtually. And so <laughs> I have a lot of, uh, a lot of teachers that I've worked with, you kids just get up from their screens and then just don't come back to class. Oh, wow. and, so they just like, you know, some of my kids who uh, have got some pretty severe ADHD, they, you know, find something else to do or they'll, a parent will walk by and like, there's, you know, just the teacher there and we're like, oh, where's my kid? And uh, <laughs> backyard playing with a dog or some, <laughs> something else. So yeah, it's very challenging for a lot of our kids. And then, you know, when you add the whole aspect of, you know, some of our kids are more challenging populations like foster care or, um, you know, some of the youth are just a disadvantage. It's mm-hmm. even more so of a challenge of like, how do we get these kids connected? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, one of the scariest thought uh, statistic for me was like how many, how much like child hunger was going up like after schools were locked down because there was like the, like quite literally like the only source of like food that they had available, like, cause they, you know, they're on that free lunch and that they can, yeah. you know, go out there and, have a decent meal or you know what you know that's also a different topic but yeah you know and just how like short-sighted we were when we're like just lock everything down and it's like well what about these kids you know that that use school as like their escape and you know in other situations like and we didn't see that like i, I, don't, I don't know if you feel the same way yeah i mean and then too just the way a lot of schools are built especially in northern california we have um just so many resources built into the school system that they might not may not necessarily get access to, um, you know, or it's just the cultural thing of like their parents of like they, their parents may not have access to it. So they're getting touched by a lot of different people, uh, metaphorically speaking, but they get all, all kinds of different things in like not just food, but they're getting an emotional connection. They're getting social connection, mental health. Um, they're getting physical. So, you know, they're not getting the same physical health. I mean, it's kind of a joke to hear some of these kids of like, I was like, oh, so what do you do? What do you do for PE? And they're like, oh, we do uh, like this online class where we just kind of like dance along with some of these people. And I'm like, okay. Or or like some high <laughs> school kids, they have like this whole printout of like, oh, we're supposed to do this workout routine. And they're like, yeah, no one even shows up to class half the time. And so we're just like on the honor system saying like, oh yeah, we I did my 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 ten pushups or my thirty sit-ups, and it's yeah, it's it's very very strange. And that's really weird because I mean I remember. I mean, I never really took PE because most of the time I was in sports and there was one time where I had a, like an issue with like, I, I was scheduled not and not in the wrong, uh, in the right way. So I ended up taking one semester of PE and like, I remember it was easy to cheat it then. So I would imagine it'd be easier now with being virtual. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I mean, what, growing up for me is like, we had, it was very competitive because we had like the whole, uh, or in California, like we have that the whole like presidential thing, like you have to do these certain state tests or state standards in order to and then so for me like the competitive side of me i was like oh i want to beat this score beat the school record or, or do this and that and uh yeah it's, it's hard because like some of our kids don't get that opportunity to be on on site on campus to you know compete with their friends and i think that's another thing too is that like virtually our kids compete in different ways like through video games but they miss that whole um and i feel like competition can be healthy you know sometimes like we, that gets turned down but I feel like our kids can learn healthy sportsmen's comp- like sportsmanship in a you know on-site format, and it's it's different like when it starts moving a little virtually. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree as well. Like competition um, can be good. I mean, it's it's like anything else, really. Like depending on how like intense you get into it, like sure. you know, 
sometimes people can take certain things overboard. Sometimes people think like something as simple as meditation sometimes can be taken, you know, to the extreme. And mm-hmm. people people often wonder, like, well, how does that happen? Well, it's just, you know, like it, it really depends on like how like how much it controls, you know, one's personal life and everything. And same thing with competition, you know, you can have an over overly competitive person. Um, but you know, that person isn't necessarily like, like doesn't have the interaction with other people to kind of like figure out like, okay, what exactly is being me being over competitive? Then you're never, you're never going to really be able to adjust that. Right. Like in the future. So that's kind of like why, like those social interactions are very, very important. And I'm, and I think in the age where we're kind of like, you know, we're all digital now and it's like, well, it's a lot easier to like, forget, like forget that, yeah, just because you're behind a screen doesn't necessarily mean that your actions don't have consequences or they don't have um, they don't impact anything. Like people might think, like when you're talking about like video games, like people think that sometimes certain trash talk, you know, you you might not be taking it too far, but you don't realize who's on the other end of that trash talk. And might you know, right. yeah. So that's kind of why, like, I don't like the fact that it's all virtual now. Yeah, and so I'm glad you mentioned that. That's like too much of one thing, and so that it's like too much virtual you're missing out on, like you said, like some of those social cues, learning how to interact with other individuals. And so then you just get too comfortable, you know, speaking or I have some kids who have a hard time, uh, Blackberry words and knowing when to shut up, like they just continue on. And so they go in some of these social settings or like some of their schools are starting to open back slowly. And so they're getting like very limited exposure. So like some schools, like, like maybe one day a week or twice a week, and so a challenge for some of my youth that I work with is that they um, they have that whole mentality of like the whole virtual aspect of I could say what I want to say without any consequences. And so, but they get met with what I like to call natural consequences. So you're going to say something and someone's not going to like it. And you're like, oh, you know, what are they going to do to me? And so these people understand about like, hey, that's, you know, that doesn't fly with me. And so, you know, they'll get a fight or, um, you know, they'll start making you know, personal jabs at like, it's like, oh, you're just, you know, kid in foster care. Like you don't have anybody. You're just a little orphan. So, but then, yeah. No, yeah. I, I mean, cause that's the thing, like, um, I know it might sound a little bit extreme, but like, you know, it's like one of those things where like, if you haven't been punched in the face, you don't know like what the consequences <laughs> of your words are. Right. So, I mean, yeah. I and mean, we're not promoting violence or anything, but you know, it's just one of those things that kind of happened. I mean, I grew up with that. I mean, I learned very quickly that if you punch someone, they're more likely to punch back. And that was me in third grade punching a fourth grader, which is a <laughs> huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. So I got punched back hard and I got a bruise for days. And my mom was always like, what happened? And I was just like, I fell like, you know, cause I never, I never told anybody cause I was the one that, you know, started it. So I was like, you know, it's going to come back to me. <laughs> so I think like, you know, part, part of that, like is, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's missing. Cause again, I'm not trying to promote violence, but you know, those things are like just things in, in life that kind of like, you know, they're act like more as like reality checks to like, Hey, you know, you can't just say anything like, yeah, you know, you can physically say whatever you want, but right. Don't, don't expect it not to be consequences. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a humbling experience is that when you could start experiencing that, it just like everything I do has a consequence, you know, whether it's positive or negative, it's like everything that happens in our life. And that's such an important lesson for kids is they just, you know, they don't, developmentally like they they, that's a lesson they have to learn throughout adolescence i think we we all do that but we you know we have to know that but it's so but it's so like virtually it distances from our consequences even further because we don't Mm -hmm. get to see 
other side of what that does, even for like our, some of the teachers, um, not that they're doing anything wrong, but it's more so of that, like the things that they do also affect our kids. And so, um, the things they say, so I know both sides, you know, our kids equally say stuff, but it's like we as adults and like, you know, other people are in the profession or in other roles, you just have to be careful of like things we say to youth, things we say to kids. Um, because how, you know, you could either change their lives dramatically or, you know, for positive or negative. Yeah. Uh, some people like, I always kind of, uh, think about it like this way, where it's like some people will react to like a, you know, metaphorically speaking, obviously I'm not saying like teachers should be beating kids, but yeah. some, uh, some, uh, some people react to like a swift kick in the butt. Other people that will actually break them and send them to the place that you don't even, we were trying to save them from anyway. And it's really, it's really tough, especially for like teachers, because I mean, a lot of times teachers are, have to take on the hat of like, put on the hat of like also like a mental health, you know, consultant to a certain degree because they have to kind of see those things. And, and, you know, like one thing that I definitely learned just from diving down the subject is it's like, sometimes you can't really see like those cues of like somebody struggling or having deterioration of their mental health. Like it just like that, it just snaps, just like, it's like a light switch. Like sometimes it just turns on and you never know if it's too late or not. And that was one of the hardest things once COVID started was interacting with my youth because you know, with the, the way COVID was, they wanted us to do more social distancing. Um, however, like for me personally, like I took some risks of like having, you know, seeing kids face to face, doing social distancing and whatever, wearing masks, whatever your, your political thing is. But for me, and it's just like, I knew my, my kids on my caseload really needed that in-person touch. For one, it's, it, you take a child who's highly hyperactive and try to do a session like this and it's, it's, it's not very, it's not very doable. Or I have, you know, some kids who were, um, you know, have some delays and so they don't pick up on cues. And so it was so important for me to be able to be there physically and not just like role model those things, but there's, a, there's almost like a spiritual connection. Like when you're there with someone personally, like in face to face, that there's this touch that you get from someone just being present with them. And so for me, I was like, that was so important because growing up, I always had someone, I had a mentor in my life that like ultimately led me into the mental health field. But that was so important for me, like moving in this season is that my kids needed, they, they needed this thing. And so it, yeah, it really made me, me think, I, like it challenged me to, to try this and it was good. Cause I'm like, this is kind of outside my comfort zone doing, you know, telehealth for a little bit. And um, so but yeah, it was, it was very, very different and very challenging trying to, to, you know, provide mental health services to kids who really need it in person. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, I think the power of a hug sometimes is very severely underestimated. Like, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Like I remember like in high school, just from, you know, maybe not even necessarily a girl that I liked, but just a girl that was just really friendly with me and just gave me a hug. And I was like, okay, this kind of made my day, you know, like, you know, it's just, some people just need, and some people just need like somebody just to kind of reach out and say, Hey, how are you doing? And, you know, like, and that just translates even to adults some, sometimes. And yeah, I mean, I can imagine how like struggle, like how the struggle was for you to kind of get somebody to focus on like a virtual like session, because, you know, like one of the things that I've, I've keep talking about in the podcast is that our attention spans are like rapidly declining. Like, you know, they're severely shortening and it's just a mess. Well, yeah. And then, you know, tying back into like, 
impulse control because I feel like impulse control and attention kind of go hand in hand. So with the way we do things now is everything's instant gratification. Uh, mm-hmm. With food, we can, you know, go online and order food and deliver straight to the door. Um, we, you know, download movies, you know, we're missing the whole, you know, going to movie theater aspect of it because everything's like, you know, being released online. And so, you know, with, with kids now is like, they don't get to learn that delayed gratification. And which I feel like is such an important skill to learn because I mean, everything in life you have to work for, like the things that are worth having need to be worked for and earned. And so when you can just get them, you don't get the same I would say that, you know, that, that dopamine of like, oh, wow, like I put in all this work, I put all this effort and here's, you know, what the finished product of it. And I get, you know, that satisfaction of like, okay, well, it makes it easier for me to like gratification in the future because like I've learned this lesson and it was so fulfilling. It was so rewarding. Now. Um, yeah. And I, and I was going to transition that into this next question. So you did, you did the job for me, but, uh, <laughs> when, you know, now the question I have for you is basically like, so we've seen that like things like, you know, like woodshop and other things were like hands-on that we used to be taught in schools, like have been yeah. taken away, like home, even something as home ec, like something as simple as that, or, you know, people think that might be simple, you know, depending on who you talk to, but you think with those things being removed, do you think that also contributes to like, we're talking about like, we're not really experiencing the delayed gratification that we normally did, you know, when we, you know, younger generations, I mean, older generations. Yeah. I, so that's such a, a skill too, to learn of it. Like, Oh, I, it, these things take time. Um, but the, you know, kind of tying another thing into there is like, we have like our own, uh, it's kind of like our sixth sense. So we have like what's called proprioceptive and vestibular sensory. And so some of that is just oh, some of its balance, some of it's like pressure. Like when you, when you talked about hugs earlier, so you're getting like a lot of these sens- sensory things. And so our kids are, you know, ultimately becoming sensory deprived in a way is because you're missing that tactile stuff. Mm. And so, which I feel like a lot of it does go back into grat- like gratification because when you're doing those type of tasks, it's really fulfilling a different s- side of us that we don't get virtually. You're not getting those senses. You're not getting those feelings. So it, it's an experience. So like when you're doing those type of activities, like building, uh, like, you don't want to know what the grain of the wood feels like in your hands, the smell of it. You're getting all these type of senses that, you know, ultimately, like, I feel like that's one of the, the greatest long-term memory things that we have is, is smell. And so you go to like grandma's house and you smell like that, you know, uh, sweet potato casserole. And you're like, oh man, I remember when I was five of like, that was such a good time. It's, you know, for me, I had wood shop for my freshman year in high school. And so every time like around that, I could always go back and like, I made all these really cool projects. And so for me, and I'm like, man, that was such a great time. And so, but through all that, you know, that process, I, I learned a lot of skills. I learned of like, I couldn't just make a clock in a day. So we had like different projects. And so we only had so much time. And so, but ultimately when I was finished, um, I gave my mom a few of these projects and she still holds on to them. And she's like, oh, these are such like cool things to look back on. And like, yeah, you just get a sense of fulfillment that, you know, you can't just get from video games of like, oh, I leveled up, which that feeling lasts like like that. You're like, okay, yeah, so what? I have you know 50 more levels, and it's a never never anything. It's like being feeling so insatiable of like, oh, I can never feel fulfilled. Yeah, and even like when you bring up the example of video games, like there's there's people that are constantly looking for hacks like all the time. Like, yeah, you know, you have like a few dedicated gamers that like they you know they 
they grind it out and they figure out like how to do this the quickest way and you know the fastest way and that's what you see on youtube when you're trying to type in like how do i do this and such or this and it's like this is the quickest way to get get to wherever you're trying to do like in a video game so you know even like like when we have an opportunity to to kind of get the work on our you know delayed gratification you know and how that important that is like we don't we don't even take advantage of it because we're always looking for the short for the shortcuts you know and like i know I, I know that me from like I, I never really experienced woodshop, but because um, like I think when I started, I mean there was a woodshop in middle school when I was in middle school, but I think by the time I got to like eighth grade they took it off. Uh, but like I remember like even in kindergarten like something like like we would like get the cement or the clay or whatever and we put our like our hand and we would have to wait for it to dry to take it home, you know like something as simple as that like like i would show it to my mom like hey you know like this is what i did and had to wait like a couple hours to do it you know it's like i don't even see that anymore like to be honest i don't know if that's just the schools that i'm around to them around uh by or if that's the same across the country but it's those things that the little things that we really need you know for that and i think like learning learning how to be a little bit more patient because even like for example like tv um i've i've kind of tracked tv like from the 80s all the way to like now and it's like well, you have like in the 80s, you have like the theme song. It would last like almost the, the whole entire two minutes to two thirty, right? And like now it's like six seconds and you don't even see the credits. Like the credits have to start at the beginning of the show because, you know, it's like, you know, they don't have time for the credits. So it's just like directed by and that's it. And like the, the title or, of the show. Or you click the button that says skip intro on like, yes. and you don't even get that because I'm guilty of that. Of like, like I don't watch the full like, you know, Yellowstone intro, like I've seen it once. I don't you see it again. So. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I mean, like that's kind of why I prefer sometimes uh, Netflix over Hulu because Netflix has that option. Like, so it's like, Oh, this is awesome. I can just skip through like the, 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 the 15 seconds that I can, for, for some reason I cannot wait, like just because I'm not patient enough for 15 seconds, mm-hmm. but I can cast a line and wait six minutes until something bites. I don't know what, what, that, <laughs> what that is, you know? So I think, you know, that's kind of like the underlying issue on a lot of things is the fact that we're, because we don't have the patience and, you know, we don't, you know, we're not working on that. Like, that's yeah. why we can't appreciate delayed gratifications and something like, you know, when you're building something or even like welding, like, when you, you know, that takes a lot of time and, you know, but, you know, you get something great out of it and you can, you know, you learn all those skills that are still marketable out in the workplace. So like, you know, we don't have that anymore. No. It's super unfortunate. I feel like um, the way everything's going, it's like what's catered to technology. And well, that's how we have to get kids. Um, I remember when I was a kid, like how they would get to kids for marketing was through commercials, through cartoons. And so it'd be like, oh, I want this, I want that. And then so nowadays, everything's delivered through, you know, virtual platforms. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's definitely it's it's missing. There's there's definitely things that I I really feel like need to change or just it, I don't know. As you get older, it's always like oh back in my day this and this and that. And so I always hear my parents say that. And so like now you know you're getting old when you say oh back in my day like um, yeah. But you're even seeing it in technology as well. Like um, I remember when I first started working with the with the SQL Server, like the the I think right around. I think I was like around around the 2005 version, which the 2000 version didn't have like these nice little diagnostic tools that you would be able to query. And like, you know, it gives you all the information. You kind of had to actually derive that yourself through coding. Whereas like now, uh, 
like with the newest version, it's getting even better now. Like the, those, there's like a lot of things there. It's like you have tables that already are collecting metrics for you. So it's just about, it's just a matter of like how you want to interpret them and how you want to kind of like manipulate them to get the information that you want. So like things are getting more convenient as we go along. And it's, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing because like yeah. it's it's one of those things where I'm not even forced to like memorize certain things. Like I'm not saying that I'm, I'm going to memorize everything that is, to, you know, the, everything about coding, but like something like, for example, like we have our phones now. Uh, we don't, we no longer practice memorizing phone numbers anymore. Mm-hmm. So again, like, we're just like, all right, give me your phone number, save it in my phone. All right, boom, there. Like a lot, a lot of the people like that I talk to that like, are like, well, mostly with my cousins and stuff. They don't know what speed dial is anymore because it's just like, they just they just go there like name that's it so like, what speed dial like no 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 that stuff so it's it's one of those things where like I don't know what I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing to be honest like I don't know what do you think I think you know I it's funny because I had like you know the traditional I think I, I saw a couple of videos like this that are like I want with your make a gesture that you're on the phone. And you see like some of the older school are like this because you actually had to hold the phone. And some of the other kids are like this, had to hold, you know, their little cell phone against their ear. Um, I feel like it, in a way, it, some of the short-term memory kind of starts disappearing because we have to start like relying so much on our phones and we have to like keep coming back to it. Um, I still remember a handful of friends number when I was in junior high, like, cause that's, you know, I think the, the biggest thing that we had was caller ID and I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. And so you would constantly like, you see that number all the time. So you would have to remember of like, if you didn't know your friend's number, you weren't calling anybody because you know, yeah. we had dial up internet, everything was slow. There was no, or you just went to your buddy's house or so like it just forced you to interact more with people because you weren't going to call that, that girl, unless you had her number, you weren't going to like hang out with your buddy unless you knew I mean, you couldn't hang out on the weekend. So nowadays it's, oh, I'm going to go to his Facebook. I'm going to go uh, send him a message that way. And we could talk. I think we don't even spend time together. We'll just spend time like chatting back and forth or like, oh, that was fun. Um, but I feel like we miss out on so much of our brain power is like we're having to use less of it, but we're using it more frequently because we have to keep coming back to this thing. I noticed even myself, I, I have to like, when I go in the kitchen, I'm like, having to repeat what I'm getting over and over and over. I'm like, I'm getting this, I'm getting this. Then I'll get distracted by something else. And I'm like, dang it. But I really feel like that it is so due to like having our phones on us at all times. Um, you know, you're missing out on the whole like paper, like going to the store, creating like a grocery list. Mm-hmm. I do that now because I don't know. I, I, I get so much more satisfaction of like writing stuff down. I feel like that's really what it helps with memory is the actual, I think there's even studies done that shows that like writing things out on paper tends to have long-term memories. Like if you're in class taking notes, things like that. But um, I don't know, like when now that you're typing, now you're having your fingers do something totally different. You start using different branches, but you're not using the same type of memory that you would be like when you're writing things out. Right. Um, yeah, because I mean, I, I don't, like I see the convenience as something that can definitely help help us out, but I mean, like when you look at like sometimes like parents, like they they give their their tab like the, the whatever device to their kids mm-hmm. at a very young age now, and you know they're they're not they're seeing that they just have to press this button and I get this, and it goes and it, I think maybe that 
kind of country contributes to like the why we're you know we're shortening our attention span because it's different from like reading a book like having to go through all these things where it's like you can just like click this and then the screen pops up and you already know what you're doing and you already have like something that you want to do like for example watch a video on youtube where it's like you have to research and like you know before i guess you know we want to call them the olden days where you have to go into a library and actually check out books on a certain to topic and whereas like now how do i do this boom like you know type in whatever you're looking for and it's right there yeah so, i mean and then the other thing too is that like since we're spending so much time there we're getting a lot of blue light so it's like affecting so much mm -hmm. of our brain that you know now they're inventing like these blue light glasses and all these different things to help interact more with technology and like you said it like it, it is good, but then you're like, okay, well, we're also giving something else up by having to do that. Um, yeah. There's also been, been studies done too about the, um, the quality of sleep we're getting. And so like, we all know how like super important our sleep is, uh, you know, it affects our mood, it affects our hormones, it affects everything. And so when we're constantly having blue light in our lives, um, I think, I forget what type of wave it is that it puts out or emits but it's, um, it doesn't allow us to go into REM sleep as easily or often. And so when you're not getting that REM sleep, it's preventing a lot of, um, a lot of different hormones to catch up. Um, your stress levels tend to go up. Your cortisol is usually higher, which means like more weight gain for a lot of, you know, especially kids who are may not necessarily eating the best foods. Um, and so like, you know, we got a whole obesity thing that factors into it. So all kinds of different stuff. And, it, and it's just, it's funny, like a lot of it stems down to like technology. And I remember like, I, and I know this is kind of going around is that people are like, oh, kids don't get bored enough now because they have so much instant gratification with technology. And so the, the cool thing about boredom is it creates creativity. So I'm bored. What am I going to mm. do? I'm going to go in the backyard and I'm going to uh, start using my imagination. I'm going to start building things. I'm going to start doing stuff to keep myself entertained. So when you're, when you're bored, it's creating, it, it's a sense of like creation. It's just like, well, what am I going to do to fulfill this time? And then you start daydreaming. You start having ideas. You start planning of like, oh, you start staring at stuff that you would never like look at and picture and saying like, oh man, I would really love to do this when I get older. But when you're, you know, you're face the stuff in the screen, you're being told what to think. You're told what to, to dream about, told what to do. And you're missing that whole what do I want? Like, what are my views? What are the things that I want to, I want to do with my time? And so I feel like that's such an important thing is like, I, when I tell parents are like, Oh, what do I do? Like, there's all this free time. I'm like, have it, let them be bored. Don't give them their phone. Don't give them the computer, like turn off the TV. I mean, it's hard. Like we have a, we have a two year old. And so there's a big section of the day that my wife's like, TV's off. We're just going to listen to music. We're going to like do stuff. And so, I mean, like my daughter's got all these toys. And so she, half the time when she's watching Moana or whatever, she's just sitting there. She's not even doing playing with her toys Her toys are everywhere. But like when it's funny, like when I turn that off and I just see the way she interacts is so, so incredible because even at a two year old brain, they have such vivid imaginations and they can start doing stuff. And it's just like something we're born with. It's like innate to us. It's like, we can just be creative. That's, that's how, I don't know, that's how we were functioned to be. <clears throat> well, that's very interesting because I actually did not think of boredom as that, you know, as a way of being kind of giving us a canvas for our creativity because like mm -hmm. I was very 
I mean, I was very hyperactive as a kid, but I think really, really what it came down to is just that I, I didn't really have anything to really focus on right. consistently. I mean, yeah, there were video, video games and everything, but I would like beat them really quick. And then it's like, all right, what do I do now? And it was just like kind of like all over the place. But, but yeah, that's very interesting that, you know, cause that, I think I never looked at it in that way. Like, you know, that boredom would create kind of like yields kept, uh, creativity. Um, yeah. It's very interesting. Cause yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, I'm kind of blown away by that because I never thought put it into perspective that way. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I just mean it's just like it's it's a skill that like so many times kids are like a on board, um, but ultimately like you know kids are nowadays it's hard if like so if we were to have bored kids and then deprive them of you know the TV and things like that, I, there's also power struggles and things that happen because it's like they're so used to getting this level of technology. And so I, I feel like there, there needs to be a balance. I really feel like it's so important for our kids to have balanced, even not even just kids, like even us nowadays is that like, um, we're just so glued to, you know, our phones glued to everything that, uh, I know like in my free time, I'm looking up fishing stuff of like, Oh, this and that. And my daughter's like, Hey, let's go play. And so I'm like, Oh, just a second. And then a second turn <laughs> half hour and like on one of the websites looking up tackle stuff. And so it's, uh, yeah, it just, it's sometimes it's so liberating when you just put like stuff down and just like some of the, the most peaceful times I feel is like I go sit on my, my back porch and like we started working on our yard. And so we talk, you know, going back to earlier, some of the instant grat or that gratification is we put so much time and effort to make our yard the way we want it to look. And so, or even just, you know, making and maintaining the grass, you know, making sure like all the plants and foliage, everything's getting the water it needs. And you can just sit back and like look at that and just like, oh my gosh, it's so peaceful out here. Like I really, I, I feel good. I don't need anything. I don't need my phone. I can just sit and just enjoy, you know, the birds or like just, you know, enjoying like, hey, I, I did this. This is cool. And, just watching scenery or yeah because one of the things that i did see uh during the lockdowns out here i mean i'm out here in texas so they were a little bit more lenient than they were in california but um the funny thing that i saw I and mean, it was kind of a good thing is i saw people like take their families out for a picnic and just teach them how to play with a ball or whatever and i was just like that's very that's very creative that they took that that time that well you know they can't really go out or anything but for some reason like i don't know it's like they were told not to go out but then it just kind of made them go out there but I'm like well, okay that's great because we do need that we do need that interaction with the outdoors or just out and playing in fresh air and we do need all that i mean vitamin d like we're showing we're seeing like studies about like vitamin d and how crucial it is not just to uh resist uh, how how uh how bad you get you would get a, a covid infection but just in terms of other health issues as well and yeah i mean I think I do see some parents that like they they um they do like try to go out and play with their kids. I mean, when they have time, and then I see some parents that uh I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to you know insult anybody, but I've seen some parents that just kind of like go straight to the phone. Yeah. Um. So it's one of those things where if you don't take the time to kind of like let them know what the impact is of what you're giving them, I feel like that might also play in a factor as to how they you know develop later on. Um. Yeah. So I mean. It's hard to say because our generation moving forward of like whatever the Gen Z or what, what the new generation or generation alpha, um, 
but it, it's it's hard to look at it because of how quickly technology is is evolving and how quickly things we're advancing. And so I feel like the relational aspect and the attachment between child and parent is super important. And I'm noticing mm -hmm. that um, among kids. So there's some studies I was reading about like with the outcomes for, you know, just a single parent without having a father figure and how likely they are to, you know, commit crimes in the future, have um, lower test scores, um, you know, end up unemployed or, or all these different factors. And so that's kind of its own thing. But I feel like when you're giving the technology over that connection is like, you're, you're missing out on a lot of things that, and one of the biggest things I've, I've noticed is that like that relational connection is like, we have a natural hormone and that's called oxytocin. And that's like what they call the love hormone. And so when you get more of that connection, when you get more of that thing, um, it affects so many other hormones in your body is like, you start feeling, um, you feel happier. I think like as kids too, like when, you know, they get a cut or something like that, they're like, Oh, here, kiss it. When they're getting that physical touch and they're like, Oh, it feels better. You know, sometimes it does because you're getting that that touch and that, that surge of oxytocin and your brain's like, Oh my gosh, that was so nice. I, I feel so happy now. Um, and so when you like, when you're first giving that stuff, like your first option of like, here, here's this, here's this, um, you know, kids get the message of that. My, t well, you know, whether they want the, the tablet or not, like whether they say they do, I feel like we are relational beings. Like we need that relationship. And so it's missing out on that. And so I feel like we're going to become more <laughs> relationally stupid, I guess, is, you know, we're just not going to know how to connect with each other. We're not going to know like, um, I mean, of course, there's, you know, mental health people, all the other people who are like, hey, this is important. Yes, like technology is here and there's really nothing we can do about it other than balancing it out. And so I feel like until we can learn of like how to balance it out, if like we're really never going to learn the lessons. I mean, and that's with anything. I mean, like for a long time, I was like, we, we had a hard time balancing work with mm -hmm. time. And so like getting so obsessed with like, oh, I have to work, I have to, you know, I got to pay this bill off. I have to do this thing. But then it's like you, you miss out on your family time. And so I feel like just balance is an important thing across everything, not just technology, but like even balance among like having too much free time. I like too much playtime of like, hey, make this was fun. I feel rested. Now I need to go back out and start, you know, doing something, <laughs> create something. I need to like get to working on like myself or um, building my career or doing something like that. But I just feel like, Balancing across balance across the board is super um, integral into like our kids' development. Yeah, and then those uh, those uh, what you were talking about, like those senses that we're not really experiencing when we're having like interactions with you know physically, and instead we're just kind of interacting behind the screen. I think that kind of trans translates a little bit more to online bullying and how how like brutal it can really be mm -hmm. because again we don't we don't understand what it's like to be in front of a person and saying those things and seeing the reaction or seeing the, 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 like how it affects people or even like what the damage that you're doing, you know, like, I think that translates into like that. I think we, what we we're just talking about, like the the fact that we're not <clears throat> getting like those extra senses, like we're not experiencing those, like it's easier for us to like online bully, like 
or say a comment and he's like oh well it's just this like uh, who cares and it's like no like you know like you gotta really like you know be mindful of what you say to somebody yeah i i and i noticed that too of what like so much like even with texting is that like we get so um i've been i noticed i have like some strong reactions like i get more stronger reactions from reading text messages than I have by someone saying something to me. And it's so funny because there's so much left to interpretation of like, you know, like sometimes like on virtual stuff, like, yeah, you can hear someone's tone and things like that. But like when people are, are, you know, typing and I'm not, I'm not saying this like specifically like to bullying, but I'm just like the tone gets misrepresented a lot. And so just knowing how someone's coming across, even if they aren't, but even more so of like with bullying. So then it puts that much, um, pressure back onto it so like when someone is being bullied and that is the tone it just hits so much harder for you know for kids and just for everyone else and uh the uh the amount of kids who are experiencing mental health crises or end up going to hospital let's be put on like a suicide watch has like increased substantially because of you know cyberbullying and a lot of the parents a lot of you know older adults don't really understand like how these kids are being impacted by it. And they're like, Oh, you know, just need to, you know, develop thick skin. But I'm like, well, well, this is their culture. Like this is, you know, interacting. They need to know how to interact um, on virtual platforms because this is like going to be their life moving forward. So they're going to need to know how to do this. And so, but it's also a skill of learning a sense of humility of like, you know, I guess the whole point of like what we're saying is that like knowing of like, you can't just say whatever you want to say and expect, I mean, there's, there's was a case where that one, uh, that girl got, you know, arrested for like manslaughter or for murder because like she convinced someone to go kill themselves and they ended up killing themselves. And so, and then they're like, oh, you know, I'm just, you know, it was, they didn't realize it, like how, yeah, scary or yeah. like your words have a lot of impact. Yeah. And like, uh, uh, circling back to what we're talking about, like, you know, like when what we're, what we're missing with the face-to-face interaction, like when a lot of people, like when they text, they, they sometimes text sarcastically. Right. And mm-hmm. they, you know, somebody knows that a person is sarcastic, but when you're put in a situation where you're just not having, not having a good mental health day, or just, you know, you're very vulnerable and somebody is sarcastic to you in a way to try to cheer you up, but you take it seriously because again, yeah. you don't have that facial, you know, reaction to be like oh well they're they're like the body language is not there like to give you like the hints like oh well that person is being sarcastic and it's like you just read it in text you think it's very literal because right. you can't fit sarcasm in there you know so yeah and good no i was gonna say like yeah that, that's super tough i mean uh <laughs> i mean i mean everyone's like for you know for me personally like like that's become its own type of sense of humor it's just sarcasm and uh it's <laughs> so when you put it in literal form, it's being, yeah, it's, it can be a disaster for these kids. Um, yeah. And you know. I've had situations with like just misspelling and autocorrect being sending out the wrong message. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, like it, 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 what is it? Virtual communication is not the best when you're talking about like heavy, tough, uh, heavy topics. Like it's like, sure. Like, Hey, do you want to meet me like for lunch? Okay. That's, you know, that kind of stuff is fine. But like when you're trying to like, you know, really like pour your heart out to somebody. I think it's best to really just meet, you know, meet them face to face and just talk about something, you know? I have parents sometimes, uh, 
or for some of my kids will try to text me stuff and they'll send me these long like text messages and i'm just like oh my gosh that must have took you forever to type it out and then sometimes they get pissed off at me because i'm just like sounds like this is very important like we should have a meeting to talk about this and they're wanting like you know like instant feedback they were like well what should i do what should i do this and then they're like well it's not gonna work over just sending you a text message I'm like let's have a conversation and some of our kids are like you know they want that uh almost they just think of like oh i can you know i can text my therapist and i want to you know, like get like text message therapy and i know there's some apps and things like that out there but i'm like but it, it's you're you're missing this whole you know dynamic of what this should look like is like you're yeah yeah you get that instant feedback but when you're relying on that like constant of like oh i'm just going to get quick texts which i feel like those are super important of getting like these uh encouragement text messages and these little things like that but, like yeah like if you're saying like when it's these deep meaningful conversations or like these crucial conversations that need to happen like we can have this in person <laughs> Yeah, and like even like uh like high school kids that have like I mean nowadays I think middle school children are having phones now too and uh, you know a lot of them don't necessarily talk on the phone anymore they mostly just text when they're trying to communicate and even that goes into like high school college and to mm -hmm. some degree some adults like they don't call anybody like before when I had my first cell phone even though we had texting I mean I think because texting plans got a lot cheaper because uh, I remember like like oh I only have 500 texts in a month so it would be like okay, I would reserve those texts for my girlfriend. And after that, uh, <laughs> I would have to start calling people. Like, you know, yeah. and that's how it was. Where now it's like unlimited texting comes with default with almost anything now. I mean, probably I'm over-exaggerating, but like, like kids don't text, right? So a lot of times too, like when going back to wanting instant gratification, people don't realize that a text message was initially intended to like, all right, well, here's a quick message. Respond when you get a chance. Right. And sometimes people want, well, why aren't you responding to me within like two minutes? Yeah. Like, well, I was in the shower. Like my phone was in the other room. Like, well, can, you know, I'm sorry. Like, you know, and things like that, because I mean, people just get a little angry at each other because of that, you know, and things like that. Like people don't think that can affect you, how mentally stable you are, but they do. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's so much can be communicated or a phone call of like, uh, say all this and like, Hey, by the way, I'm going to jump in the shower. Okay. Bye. And then, it's, it's different versus when you're texting, you're like, oh, here's all the stuff I have to type out. And it's just like, it's, you know, it's like I said, it's short and sweet. And so, um, yeah, and then they just start reading into it. And they're like, well, you didn't care about me because it took you 23 minutes to respond back to me. And I saw you left me on red. And so that's like its own little thing of like, oh, it's on red. So I've, I've turned that whole feature off and I'm like, screw that. Like, I don't want people like misreading anything. I just, you know, I don't care about them. But yeah, like, sometimes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying. Sometimes you just really all you really have time for is a quick look, and then just you know, oh, I'll respond later because like I'm driving or something, and you know, like people get mad at that. And we've all seen like what happens when you text and drive. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, because and uh, one thing too, like uh, I don't know what it is. So I try calling somebody that mostly just texts to communicate and uh, when I tried calling her she was like so like tripped out like like, <laughs> like if it was something like new like or like you know to her like oh why'd you call me I'm like well because I just needed to tell you this you know quickly and I couldn't just text it all out well you can just text me in parts I'm like what's wrong with like talking on the phone like why is it so like alien to you like you know it's like you know 
That's so unfortunate. Yeah, I like, yeah. When you text, you just don't get the same message across. And I feel like people just get so comfortable with not talking to people. And I know for me personally, like COVID has been, yeah, it's just, it's almost like, I don't want to get, you know, obviously trying to get some political stuff, but it's just like, relationally, it's just like, it makes you like, oh, I don't want to go to the store because I don't want to be around people. So just start making people more like introverted and missing out on that, like, oh, man. but it's so cool. Of, like, oh, I really get to talk to this person. So like, I mean, like for this, like, you know, our, our interactions have mostly been like virtually. And so it's just been so cool to be like, to be able to talk to you face, like face to face. And like, you start picking up aspects of like the personality of like, oh, this is so cool. Like, and getting to know this person more like, and yeah, especially like in relationships too, of like when you're dating, you're, you're not getting to know somebody because like you're constantly texting them. And you start having this idea of what this person's like. And then when you meet them, you know, you know, God forbid that, you know, you're disappointed because you're like, oh, well, you know, you're not, you're not as nice to me in person as you are. Or like the opposite of that, like, oh, you're actually a lot nicer in person than you are when you're texting me. Because like you said, like sometimes you just have to get the quick stuff out. And uh, yeah, so many misconceptions happen through texting. Yeah, because even like uh, the emoji sometimes can be taken the wrong way, or the or the or you know sometimes like you people use uh, emojis and to try to like make it seem more like I guess you can say like this way like more palatable for somebody. Yeah. But then they get the wrong idea and it's like, oh, now this person's flirting with me, and then you meet in person and it's like, no, like you took the wrong message. I was just being polite, you know, just being nice and just trying to get to know you or just trying to you know interact with you and such and. It's just really, really like gives off mixed signals. And I think that's another problem, especially imagine like we're talking about these things right now. Imagine how like people like in high school when they're still learning how to like date and, you know, hang out yeah. with the opposite sex and stuff. And imagine how they're taking it. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're not <laughs> prepared emotionally for all the stuff that they're doing. Um, yeah, I feel like it, that was such a cool thing like even notes, like I remember that was such, that was like my texting when I was in junior high is that like <laughs> we would write notes to each other or I would have a, <laughs> when we talk about like sending like these big paragraphs through text messages, I remember getting letters from like girlfriends in seventh grade and they would be like three pages and I was like, oh my gosh, I gotta, but that was like, you got to know someone like so differently through that aspect. And then I feel like that was such a cool thing and then like, you know, like I said, going back to like the whole pen on paper aspect of that sensory, you know, feeling of like typing out the writing that stuff out. And so, but yeah, like the emojis, like obviously when you're writing on paper, you can't write emojis. So you have to be very specific on the things that you say, the things that you mean. And so now, <laughs> now like with emojis, everything means something else of like, you know, all the vegetables mean something. And it's just like, you, gotta, <laughs> you know, and accidentally send something that someone's like, Oh, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, I remember like there's there's a joke like somewhere, I don't know if it was a kid show that I was watching with my nephew or something, uh, where it's like, look, I got a I got a text, but on paper, and it's like, wait, no, that's not a text on paper, that's a letter <laughs> that you got. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> like or, or like people drawing emojis on paper because they don't know how to actually write something. So it's like they just draw happy face, pizza or whatever, and it's like and then you see the person that, I mean, obviously it's on a show. So it's like, yeah. you know, I, like, I don't know how they, like, oh, this person just did this, this, this. And they just met somebody. I'm like, how did, how the hell do you get that from four <laughs> images that were drawn on paper? Like, you know? 
that's pretty insightful. That's 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 super cool though. That you know, they're hey, they're they're trying. They're using their imagination, their culture to to make sense out of stuff. I feel like yeah, that um, even just journaling, I feel like it's such a, a very um, therapeutic skill that like I teach a lot of my kids to do. And I'm like, even if you don't know what you want to say, just start writing. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I give full permission to use whatever colorful language you want to use in it. Just write and don't like, I'll tell them, I try to give them like sometimes homework of like, oh, you need to write for 10 minutes straight. And they're like, that's forever. And like, yeah, it is. But I'm like, you're going to be amazed what starts coming out when you start writing stuff out. And yeah, like, I think that I, that's a good journal. As, uh, journaling as a, like, I don't know what, 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 what you would call it, but like, is it? mental health decompression device. I think that's great. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's intervention. It can be used for a whole different things. I mean, sometimes processing, sometimes it's um, recognizing emotions. Sometimes it's um, attention because it's, you know, obviously it takes a lot of attention to write something. Uh, and it's so different too. Like when you type something out of like trying to find the keys and when you're writing something, your keys is right here. It's just right here. You just start going. And so, I feel like a lot of amazing things happens from writing and like me personally, I feel like that I have to remind myself of like, it's important to journal. Like, even if I feel a lot, like I, you know, I have a spouse or someone to process how I feel sometimes I just like putting it on paper and even just crumbling up and throwing it away has such a, a profound impact on us is that we, we get to, we just get to show, like, show like our words are important. Who I am as a person is important, and so when you write stuff out, it like you're showing that like, okay, this is this is who I am. This is like projected on a piece of paper, versus like when you type it out on the screen, it doesn't have that personal connection. Doesn't have like a sense of who you are get put onto there, and so yeah, yeah, because um, <clears throat> somebody told me a long, a long time ago, and I just right now when you're talking about that, like it just reminded me of that. Um, a long time ago, I, and I, I mean, I was a lot more immature back then. So naturally, when they told me like, "Oh, you should write something down, put it away, read it in a week or two, see if you're still feeling the same," and I laughed at that because I was like, "No, that's so dumb." But, but you know, like now, I'm seeing like there's there should be some value into that, like you know, because like it just really kind of like like I've done that before where I've like I've had a really stressful day with my family and I kind of just read it down. Writ, writ how it went down, how it went down from my perspective, wrote that down and just put it away. And then two weeks later, when I'm having fun with my family, I open it. And I'm like, when I look at where I was back then to where, and this is just like in the span of like a few weeks, like where I was back then, angry, upset to where I'm at now, having fun with my family, we're like enjoying a barbecue. It's like, why did I allow myself to feel that way? You know, it makes it seem a lot more insignificant. So I think Maybe that's something that we can possibly potentially do, like just as some somebody just kind of like as an exercise, because it's kind of like, like I think it's like an uh, important uh, message in life. Like if we don't use it, if we don't exercise something like a muscle, brain, we you know we lose it. I think that's the same thing with our emotions. Like if we don't know how to process that, we don't exercise the way we process that. We we come across something and we don't necessarily know how to process it, so it just you know affects us more than it really should. <clears throat> Yeah, and then it gets stuffed down. So then you're caking all these different emotions layer upon layer and then forgetting what the root emotion is because a lot of times, like, our frustrations, anger, that's not, like, a root emotion. It's just like, well, why are you really angry? 
And so you're not even getting that sense of that, like, well, I don't really feel angry. I feel, um, I feel lonely. I feel this because you're, you're just getting what's on the surface. So like when you're writing stuff out, you're getting thoughts popped up in your head. And so you're like, Oh, well this and this, and you know, you may not even stay on topic with what you're, you're initially thinking about, but then ultimately you're processing your subconscious things start coming out differently and you start learning. I don't know. I feel like you start learning more about yourself than you would, you know, any other ways. And so it's, it's a sense of like just reconnection with like who you are as a person. And I feel like the more we could start doing things like that, um, I feel like we're going to have more emotional intelligence. We're going to be able to recognize like our emotions. We're going to be able to like look at things and say like, you know, um, or even just have more patience of saying like, Oh, I'm able to identify how I'm feeling quicker. And if I could do that, I can, you know, tone back of just like me being volatile with someone or just like, being impatient and just learning on it, my kids or my wife or, or whoever. And so, but, and then the other thing too, is that it creates empathy. And so you start learning more about yourself. And the more you start learning about how you feel, um, you start creating more patience with the people of like, Oh, okay. Well, even though they snapped at me, you know, she's probably having a crappy day. There's probably this other stuff going on with her. Um, so I just, yeah, it just, it comes full circle. It's like the more we understand ourselves, the more we understand other people, and then just like the chain keeps going. So if someone else is understood, they can start understanding themselves. And so it kind of, it's this, this chain chain reaction. And that's why I feel like therapy is so important is because you get to, you get to understand someone else. You get to put yourself in their shoes. And uh, once that happens, I don't know, it, uh, you start feeling loved and you start, you know, oh, okay, well, I, I, I'm cared for, I'm appreciated. And what I do in this life matters. Yeah, um, I think even though we didn't necessarily explicitly say this, but I think what it comes down to is empathy and patience. Like honestly, like yeah. you know, because that's that's all we're, we're talking about. We've been talking about like just we got to be patient in how we process things. Like, like the simple thing is like writing a letter and waiting two weeks to read it. Like you know, that requires patience. Like, you know, I think it all comes down to full circle with like when it comes to like patience and empathy. And uh, yeah. I think, uh, and I guess because we're almost approaching the one hour mark, we can close with this. But like. Uh, a lot of things like when we have like when we get along with other people a lot of times we can't really be empathetic with them because we don't have the patience to really take time to understand them so it's easy to go based off of one label like a label a certain label like this person is this well have you really talked to that person to see if you know like what you're judging them based on that label like no well that takes time to really get to know somebody you know like right and that that requires patience and empathy like especially with the like when you look at like kids that might seem a little you know like people might think, oh, this person's a little weird. Well, how is it that that person's a little weird? Like you have to take the time to really get to know them. And then if you see where they come from, then you can be more empathetic as to why they're quote unquote weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We just need more of that. More time, more understanding, more patience and empathy. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm pretty bummed out bummed out that we didn't get to talk about fishing but you know we can always save that for another episode you know you're yeah. always welcome to come back on but any you know any last closing remarks that you might have you know anything that you want like final thoughts you want to like convey or anything um yeah so i ultimately what i feel like um you know just you know understanding what kids are going through but just uh i think what it comes down to is like it really just makes sure that you are just taking care of yourself i think you're just having some kindness for yourself. Um, just do things you, you enjoy, do things you love. 
take a little break from technology and see what else is out there, be bored, learn that boredom's okay. Boredom can create some creativity and um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, cause uh, I'm just gonna piggyback of what you're saying and, uh, and what we what we said in, in the episode and just say that, you know, take the time to get to know yourself and uh, nobody will get, nobody will know you better than you. So it's definitely worth taking time to get to know yourself and, yeah, so I mean, it was, this is made for a great discussion. And, uh, yeah, I mean, next time we'll definitely talk about fishing and such. But because <laughs> I know we had scheduled to like try to talk about fishing, but we just kind of went off of the, the first topic. So I mean, it went out really great. So I'm really happy with it. Yeah, me too. But, yeah. All right. So we're gonna pause the recording, but just stay on really quick, just so I can get your thoughts on this. But um, uh, really quick, uh, if you want people to find you on, you know, social media where we're going to find you or, you know, it's up to you if you want to share that. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. Um, that's kind of like where I spend most of my time. So I, I need to change my, uh, my handle or get another one, but I'm, uh, it's, uh, my name, Darian and then three, three, three. So you can find me on there. If you want to follow me, you know, I'm doing a lot of fishing stuff. I'm going to try to start doing some more mental health stuff on there as well. Uh, just inspirational things that I'm finding out. So. Yeah. Definitely. And because we definitely have to talk about the outdoors because that definitely can help in, you know, decompression and such. So, all right, well, that's it for this episode. And I hope you guys all enjoyed listening and watching if you guys are watching on YouTube. So we will come back for another episode pretty soon. Talk to you guys soon.